Good evening, everyone. It's good to see you. It's good to have you here, whether you're joining us here in person or you're viewing this live or viewing this after you uh, after it's been taped and seeing it on another day. It's just good to, to fellowship together. In the middle of the week, we come together and uh, we pray. We need to pray, and uh, we are thankful to have the avenue of prayer available to us to just seek the Lord. I was thinking today, what's more stressful? So many people are in different situations in their everyday life that face stress. A homeschool mom of four, a cancer patient having a colonoscopy, renovating your kitchen in an eight-person home, Staying with your in-laws while you're trying to sell and buy a home. Being a city of Milwaukee police. Dealing with a dying parent. A pastor. Two funerals in the last month and more to come. How about all of the above in one household? One household at SCBC, and that doesn't maybe not even include yours. You can throw all of your stress and all of the things that you have faced or are facing or about to face, and life is just full of stressful events and stressful moments. You know what? We can't take it all in our own strength. We need the Lord. We come to him. We looked at a verse last week that just, I'm looking at it again today because it's just so needful. Philippians 4, verse 6 and verse 7 today. Last week we looked at verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Then verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of, this, one of the things this verse teaches us is prayer is not just a complaint department. Um, sometimes the world would uh, kind of view friendships that way. You need a friend that you can just vent to and one who will just listen. But that's not really what prayer is all about. You notice it says, with thanksgiving. It didn't just say play, complain to God about everything. It says with thanksgiving. That means prayer has an aspect of faith to it, doesn't it? We can thank God even in our stressful moments that one, he is our sure rock and our foundation. And that if everything that we're stressed about in this life, if everything in our life literally falls apart, we still have God to stand on. And we have a secure foundation in our life. We have a secure hope and we have a secure future that's guaranteed. So we have what we can thank 
him for. And we find that when we begin to, to thank God in our requests and in our, even in our stressful moments, when we look for those reasons, we look at him and we find a reason to say, Lord, I'm still thankful. I think about my father-in-law, and I was just sharing with my wife of how, how meaningful his life has been and how significant his role he has played in, in so many people's lives. I just think of myself. Uh, I've had the opportunity um, to, to be close to him, and I praise God for that. Um, when God was leading me back to himself, I was a college student. I was at Marquette, and I was... Um, give you a little history. Um, I grew up in, in a home where my father was pastor practically all my life. He was kind of an associate assistant pastor when I was a little kid. And then we moved to Milwaukee and he took over a church um, as a full-time full senior pastor, so to speak. And um, so I was seven years old when that happened. And by the time I got to be about 16, um, my father um, left that church, and he was waiting on the Lord to see what he should do. So at that time, he was not officially a pastor. And in my heart, my heart just kind of geared up and said, you know what? I'm not a pastor's kid anymore. I'm free. And I was right near the junior and senior year of my high school uh, age and uh, you know I just said hey I'm gonna go and I, I'm free I can do whatever I want to but I soon realized I wasn't totally free and thank God I wasn't because he still had a grip on me I couldn't do and and just go wherever I wanted to do he he had his hand on me I thank God for that but it was <clears throat> during that time uh, my father decided to look for a church that was more um, more closely connected and, and, and uh, honoring God's word as he wanted to be. And he found a church and invited me to come and visit. And I visited that church. And the first man that I met there and had an extended conversation with was this man named Mac. That's how I knew it. His name was Mac. At the back of the church, we would talk. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what his position in the church was. I didn't know who his family was. I didn't know who his beautiful daughter was. I was going to get to know her later, but I did not know that she existed, and I didn't know that she was connected with the two, with him, but I knew him. And we'd have conversations in the back of the church after service, before service, and um, that's how I got to know Mac Holt. And uh, I did not know that he would turn to be my father-in-law. And uh, God used that in, in a special way. Since then, we've done so uh, many things in ministry together, in family together. We've just been connected in, in so many ways. So uh, there's ways that my heart just pains as he uh, comes to that point at the end of his life. And uh, uh, we know that it is close to, for him and... Uh, we doubt that his life will continue on much longer. No one knows the exact time but God, but uh, we know that the doctors have done all that they can for him um, and uh, maybe sending him home um, so that he could um, pass the rest of his life at home. So we are praying that God's grace will just be with him. But I thank God for tying me uh, to him and, and his wife 
and his family that have become dear to me. And I thank God for using him to be a, a great instrument um, in my life. I rejoice with the times that we've had together and what we shared. So this verse says, with thanksgiving, bring your requests to God. We can also be thankful that God is more powerful than any uh, stressful situation that we can face. And he is up to it, he's up to the task. Um, what are we asking him to do? What are we praying for tonight? Let's be wise in that and uh, submit to his will. But we can be confident that God is able to do all that he says that he will do. And we can be sure that he will do all that he's promised to do. And so we can be thankful even as our hearts are burdened and our lives are faced with stress. We can be thankful. Um, we can pray for others as we come to this. Uh, as we come in prayer, we're reminded that sometimes others are in a situation where it is difficult for them to pray. So we can pray on their behalf. And of course, we're thankful that the Holy Spirit says he interprets our groans. Um, Mac is probably not uttering an, uh, uh, a word that we can hear clearly, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what his need is and is able to minister, interpret that and minister to him so we can be thankful for that. And then that last verse, verse 7, it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. I call it an unreasonable peace that God gives us. It's, it's beyond reason. It surpasses understanding. He gives us a peace that people look at and say, I don't know how you are facing what it is you're facing. And you can say, I know it's not me, it's God. He gives that grace and he gives that peace. But notice how he gives it in the previous verse. Make your requests be made known to God in everything by prayer and supplication. Pray to God, bring it to him, share with him, be thankful before him and come to him in prayer. And then he says this peace that the world can't understand rests on you. And then he also says, I think of it as a seasonal peace. It's a peace that God gives for you for that moment. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He gives us what we need to keep us in, in, in our proper attitude, in a right uh, mindset, um, he gives that to us. And so, yes, we can face what it is we have to face because God prepares us and he equips us to handle that. And we can look to him ahead of time and say, thank you, Lord, for that I can call on you to help me when I, I have nowhere else to go and, and I, need, I need you. I need your help. I need your care. I need your comfort. And uh, it gives a peace <clears throat> that guards us, protects us, and keeps us. So we can be thankful to God for that um, as we spend our time in prayer today.
Good evening, saints. For our meditation today, I'm going to change it up a little bit. As we've been thinking about uh, my grandfather and just him being sick and him soon to pass. So I just wanted to look at a scripture that I was thinking about in regards to him. Revelations uh, 22. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more, and they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, so that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone asks of them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things said, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen.
Not us. A meditation for the end. I was thinking about that. This tree of life. And they described this mystical tree, which really exists, but not on this earth. It's got 12 different kinds of fruit. You get from that that it's blooming, and it has a season of one month. <laughs> Each fruit got a season of one month. And it has all these different fruits on one tree. It's a bountiful tree. And, it, and that tree, it describes in some way what it's going to be like to be in heaven, that there is going to be no lack, right? He says there's not going to be no curse. So when you reach up on that tree and you get the fruit, there's no thorns. And I was just thinking about this with Grandpa and with Beverly and many of the others. A lot of those people, sometimes we want to hold on to them. But we sometimes have to let people go. And we are sad to see them go, but the truth of the matter is they are going to a better place. And people say that as just a, a, a statement, and a lot of times it's not true. But for these saints, we know that it's true. They are going to a better place. They're in very much pain. The true verses that I was thinking of reading today wouldn't have been as encouraging. I would have read Ecclesiastes and said, man, it's a painful thing that God has given for the Son of Man to deal with. And he was talking about life. Life is not always fun. Life is full of pain. Even like how life begins, the baby has to bring great pain to the mother to even enter into this world. And that process itself has brought about many deaths. Birth has killed many people. And birth is uncertain. That's why we're so nervous about birth, but at the same time we rejoice because it's life, right? But as soon as a baby is born, there's risk and worries that you have. And throughout somebody's life, you worry, you worry, you worry, you worry. Now, I know we're not supposed to worry. We give our worries to the Lord, but it's a constant process. It's not like you gave a word to the Lord and you just forgot about it. and It's just in the safety deposit box. No. That's a constant struggle. It's like cleaning your house. Just because you swept the floor yesterday don't mean you gotta, don't got to sweep it today, right? You're constantly giving these things over to the Lord. And that process takes work and strength. You don't clean anything without some kind of strength. And so it takes a lot of strength to deal with these issues of life. So I just keep on thinking about these things. How the Lord says, come. I think when we see these things of death, I think what the saints who passed say and they want this to be heard at their funeral, come. You know, there's a lot of people that's going to be at the funeral that's not saved. They have, what are they doing there, right? We ask ourselves, what are they doing there? Don't you see everybody's going to end up in this box that we're going to put under the ground? Everybody will end up in a box. What are you doing? Turn to the Lord now. Why are you playing games? Dad said, he don't know. We can't deal with these things without the Lord. But, you know, it's a lot of people that's dealing with it without the Lord. And I thought to myself just about that. No, no wonder they drink. No wonder they fool themselves. They, they have to deal with it somehow, but they can't deal with it. 
kind of remind me of this guy at work who's not good at his job. And what does he do? He just puts things off because he just he know he doesn't want to do them. And that's what we do. We just put things off. Ah, oh, man. I don't want to deal with that, so I'm just going to let it go. And that's how people deal with eternity. And Jesus is saying, don't put it off. Come. So I just want you guys to be praying for the family. Do not pray that Grandpa be healed because that's not going to happen. But pray that he be eased to the Lord and that the Lord will grab him by the hand and that he can see his sister and that he can see the other saints that are up there and that he can run and jump like he couldn't do the last few years, right? That he don't have to be on dialysis anymore. That he could be young again. And we're going to thank God for that. But we also not going to lie to ourselves. We're going to be sad. And we should express that sadness for that period of time that's necessary to do that. In ancient Jerusalem, they used to mourn for a period of a month. Just dedicated to mourning. I don't know if that number is important, but I do think it's the wisdom of it is important. That when we lose somebody, we should mourn. And don't pretend that we all fine. But really be sad and accept that sadness. And then go from there. So I pray, and I want you to pray for our family. I pray especially for my mom and for Grandma Hope, as they are the strong ones. The strong ones often take the most uh, stress because when people are weak, they give out quick, and then they don't have that stress anymore. And they think you, everybody's attention goes to them because they gave up. But it's the people that don't give up that keep dealing with it that maybe you don't hear about that actually need the attention. So pray for them especially. And pray for the family. Pray for those. <sighs> I worry about them when grandma and grandpa is gone. Pray for them. Because they have to have faith in Jesus on their own. It can't be through them. So pray that God's work be done. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, much like kind of the focus of our prayer time today, I want to have our prayer be for the Holtz. Um, specifically, Mickey, if you can pray for Mac. And then um, Nick, if you can pray for Jackie. Um, obviously, it's been a rough year for our church. The Lord is well, a year and a half. Back in the last year, the Lord seems to be calling more of our people here home and um, it, we feel it all the time so um, if you guys want to just pray, pray for however you feel led to pray and I'll close this up our gracious heavenly father we thank you for this night lord and we come to you with heavy hearts lord as we think about our brother our, our, our father a friend um, who you are calling home lord we pray for comfort comfort for his soul, Lord, comfort for his spirit. We thank you for the legacy that he leaves behind, Lord, how he was a man of character 
and Lord, how you loved him, and he told everyone he could about the love of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thought about as I drove in here tonight how on a Wednesday night he would normally be sitting back in the vestibule there on the side and how I was going to miss that. Lord, I thank you for the life that he lived and his children and his legacy of who Jesus was. I thank you for that, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray that you would just comfort his soul and his spirit. Have him to know, Lord, that you love him and that you wel- your arms are open and you are welcoming him into you heaven. Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we lift up Sister Jackie, Grandma Holt, and uh, just uh, a strong, faithful, bold woman uh, of faith. Lord, we thank you for the years that you've given to her and to Mac, Lord, to share in this, in this life, Lord, to serve as a testimony to this church, Lord, to serve as pillars to this church, Lord. We thank you for the heart you've given to her to care uh, for him and some of the health concerns he's had just uh, for a number of years, Lord, for um, the seemingly endless energy you've given to her to, to serve her husband, to serve um, her family, and to, uh, to, to be faithfully at, ser- at church services long before anyone and staying long after oftentimes and coming when there was no one else here to to clean and to do many different things, Lord. Uh, We thank you for her faithfulness, Lord, for for her testimony, Lord, for for her walk in faith, Lord. And we pray now for her, Lord, in support of the the tough times to come, Father. um, As we we stand on the eve of you calling uh, Brother Mac home, Lord, uh, we just pray for her heart, Lord, for... um, for you to, to work through us, to comfort, to, to be there, to support, and to help her um, go through this time of, of impending loss, Lord. And um, as we see that day arrive, Lord, uh, use us to give back to her, to pour into her, to um, help keep her strengthened, Lord. Father, we thank you for um, Brother Mac, and um, we just we, we don't want to be selfish and hold on to him, Lord, but it's hard to let go. So, we pray for sweet communion, Lord, that uh, you would be with each of us, Lord. Help us to, to navigate through these times. We pray for the family. Uh, we pray for, for Jackie especially, Lord, at this time. Uh, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, continue in prayer. We just lift up the holds. We lift up um, your, your, your work that you're doing in, in both their lives, Lord. Um, we look at Grandpa Holt, and we, we look at him with mixed emotions. Part of us wants to keep him here, Lord, to be with us, to continue to fellowship with us. But also part of us with selfishness, part of us is holding him back from salvation, or I mean from paradise, Lord, because of his salvation, Lord. Um, so we look at knowing that you are called him, calling him home, Lord, and we ask that you just help it to be a speedy process, that he can shed off this... Um, torn, tattered, patched tent that he's in now, Lord, and um, give him that new body, that perfect body up in paradise with you, Lord, where he won't know any sorrow, sadness, tiredness, but he'll just know joy in being in your presence, Lord. And we just um, ask that you continue to just do your work, Lord, and we know um, you've called some of your people home here, Lord, and every time it's like a blow, Lord, Um, but we will continue to just do your work here for as long as you've called us, Lord, and 
each one of these people served you till the end and continued to serve you up until that point when you called them home. And um, we just praise you for that. And we praise you for each one of their testimonies. We lift up uh, Grandma Holt, Lord, as um, just things, it's got to be tough as it's just a waiting game on when will you finally call him, Lord. And we ask that you just continue to help her be reminded. And I know she knows, Lord, that you are in control and this is your will, Lord. And um, just give her the, um, the happiness to know that he is someone who is saved and will be in eternity with you. And she will see him again one day, Lord. It'll see, be a short time, Lord, that it'll seem like when we're in eternity that we're like, oh, those, those years, months, days, how long you have do you call her, Lord? It seems short in, in comparison to eternity, Lord. But we ask that you just help us as a church to be able to come, come alongside her, to comfort her, to be there for her when she needs us, the shoulder to cry on, the person to talk to, um, Lord. And we just ask that as we go through this process that you just continue to just use our church, use our church to be a testimony to those who may come to the funeral, to those who don't know you, Lord, and um, help his life be a one that's a mighty testimony to, your, to you even after he's gone. In your name we pray.